Welcome to Talking Friars. I am your host, Ralph Shockey. Joining me today is my co-host, Richard Scott, and the man who did not go to the Georgetown game because he was studying for an accounting exam. Yeah. Rich, how was your week? How did the exam go? And were you happy or dissatisfied at all that you weren't in attendance for the Georgetown game? Uh, it was a pretty difficult week this week, Ralph, but we got through it. It's Friday. I'm excited for the weekend ahead, the St. John's game tomorrow. I'm a little bummed that I couldn't make the Georgetown game, but sometimes you got to make some sacrifices to do good in academics. Yep. So I feel like they, that was a, overall a good decision on my part. I mean, it is Georgetown. We're going to get into it a little bit. <laughs> but nice to be here with you today, Ralph. Fresh out of management class, fresh out of alumni, grabbing some food. Yep. Yeah, we are excited for this episode. Yeah, we are uh, certainly excited. Uh, we'd like to thank all our listeners for, first of all, listening, but a happy Friday. Uh, here in Friartown, it's beautiful out. Yeah, definitely the... Above 60. Yeah, above 60. Definitely the nicest day of the semester thus far. A lot of people, shorts, uh, you know, short sleeve and shorts. Great to see that. The sun is out. AQ lawn is going. Slave and lawn is going. We just enjoyed some alumni before we came here to Harkins. Our third straight episode in Harkins, third by the way. And our 10th episode of the podcast so far. So that's like a little... Uh, Achievement that or like the, the uh, Harkins hat trick, as you yeah, the Harkins yeah. hat trick. Uh, so yeah, I mean, with all that being said, without further ado, we're gonna dive right into it. Uh, starting with Georgetown, and we're gonna recap that game right now for you. Uh, the Friars came away with a 12 point victory against Georgetown on Wednesday night. They defeated the Hoyas 74 62. Uh, Providence outscored Georgetown 39 30 in the first half. And then in the second half, Georgetown kept it more close. Providence outscored Georgetown 35-32, which resulted in the 74-62 victory and the 12-point win. Uh, I know, obviously, you weren't at this game. Uh, I was at it. I went there with a few buddies. Uh, I was thinking about you. I was making some mental notes. Um, yeah, I mean, there was no point during this game where I, like, I was locked in during the game the whole time. I was like, you know, I was standing up during the whole game like, I had my arms crossed. Even my buddy Kevin was like, oh, like, you're so serious. You got your arms crossed and everything. You're like a 35-year-old dad or something. I'm like, yeah, like, I'm locked in. I got to make mental notes for the show. So that was that. And I'm always, like, mentally locked in oh, yeah. for, like, I'm zoned in. But anyways, um, yeah, there was no point where I was really worried or nervous. Like, going into the game, I expected a 100% win by double digits, and that's exactly what we got. So, I mean – I wasn't really, like, worried, and I wasn't like, oh, like, X player has to do this, or this has to happen. Like, to be honest, I didn't really make a lot of mental notes. It was kind of just like a smooth sailing game um, that uh, that came away with a 12-point win. But, I mean, you know, when you talk about this Providence Friars team, you got to start with Bryce Hopkins, right? You do. Who scored you do. 17 points as he led us in the victory. Drop 17 for us. He continues his just phenomenal year. Right. I mean, you can't ask anything more out of Hopkins right now. And I don't know if you saw this, but he got added to the um, – it was like the Naismith, like midseason player of the it year did, award. Yeah. Good so, accomplishment for him. That's pretty cool. Problems college in general. Yeah. I hope he, hope he wins it, yeah, obviously. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, but Talking about Bryce Hopkins, it's nice to see him being our leading scorer once again. Because mm -hmm. there's been some time now, like with the Xavier game, that they just had him in such check. I mean, yeah. like our away games against Xavier, Creighton, Marquette, like mm -hmm. they, they, they had Hopkins in check. 
and it's finally good to see him finally being our leading scorer again, our main facilitator of offense. It's just it's good to see. And I know that I'm just speaking pretty much in terms of box score here because mm-hmm. I wasn't at the game, but right. I'm, I'm just saying uh, overall, it's just good to see Bryce Hopkins as our number one in this game. Mm-hmm. So we hit on the number one there in Hopkins, and something we've talked about this show before is how Devin Carter is our clear number two. But then, you know, the number three spot is kind of up for grabs depending on who's going between Croswell and Noah Locke. And in this game, Devin Carter and Ed Croswell both had 12 points apiece as we won for the fourth time in five games. And even, you know, Noah Locke had 11 points as well. And, you know, he shot pretty well from three. He was three of five, so it was good to see that. Um, and, you know, when you look aside from Hopkins – you know, we've talked about this before, is, you know, the team versus player narrative, right? right? It's something that I'm going to keep keep bringing up until the cows come home. But, <laughs> you know, part of our identity, uh, besides, you know, getting to the line, free throw shooting, you know, driving, putting the ball in Bryce Hopkins' hands is, you know, friars and double figures, right? And in this game specifically, we had how many? We had one, two, three, four. We had four friars and double four, figures. Five, I'm having nine. So close to five Yeah, there. close to five. And when you have – when our players score in double figures, when when you have four to five Friars that score in double figures, chances are you're going to win the game. The and Yeah, the versatility is yeah. there. And that's exactly what happened here is we, we came out with a 12-point win, so that was great. And so you kind of had, you know, our version of the core four had a good night. Yep. Uh, it was a very contributive night from all around. Um you know, just looking at Georgetown here, as a Wiro, Bradley as a Wiro, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Uh, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that if you're listening to this, but <laughs> anyways, uh, he was their leading scorer with 19 in Primo Spears. I was very impressed with him. Going into the game, he was kind of like my Georgetown player to watch, and for good reason, as he had 18 points in the game. And even uh, kind of their number three, Brandon Murray, scored 16 as well. As you know, Georgetown unfortunately drops their fourth game in a row and moves to one and thirteen in conference play. So you love to see that. Uh, have you seen the uh, like Cooley to Georgetown rumors at all? Or? No, no. So I there have been a lot of like rumors and stuff cir- cir- circling and surveillancing on uh, on Twitter about Cooley possibly going to Georgetown. Oh really? Because they're gonna get rid of Pat Ewing. I, mean, I think they have to. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, one for. What one win in the past yeah, two seasons? Yeah, I think like I, mean, I think like two conference play. wins in the last two years. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, that's awful. Yeah, so I mean, I don't. Well, I don't but hopefully, hopefully Cooley stays. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think he would. I, go I don't think I don't think he'll leave. I mean, Cooley's from Lower South Providence. I mean, he he he, he has the connection to Providence. Like yeah. I I don't think that Cooley will ever be like enticed by more money from any other team yeah. because I think Providence has his heart. I think yeah. Cooley belongs here. You know, Taylor Swift, you belong with me. Yep. Cooley belongs with us, so. Yes, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Uh, I just don't think he's going to go because, like, the way he's been recruiting, been recruiting this season, mm-hmm. this year, this season through the transfer portal, and then next year, too, and then the year after that. Right. Like, with the future of this program, like, it's very bright, and I'm looking forward to it a lot. Like, I don't think he's going to go to a worse Big East team. Like, I, you know, Georgetown is obviously, like, very clearly the worst Big East team. Without a doubt. I don't know why he would go to Georgetown where he's built up a very good Providence college team that's, you know, made a Sweet 16, you know, is becoming one of the better teams in college basketball, if not already. And, 
you know has all this talent on the team yeah has yeah. all this talent and veteran experience and all that but it also took them so long to build it yeah build the program to where it is today you know mm-hmm. i can't imagine what it's going to take at georgetown so i don't think cool is going to go to georgetown it would shock me like he loves providence he's made for providence like ed cooley the american dream um you know it's his story but anyway speaking of coach cooley uh he had to say this after the game that's a very hard team to play against um winning is very hard but i think our players continue to get better i was very proud of our effort so that's a it's a good quote nice to see you know cooley complimenting the players uh i think we showed a showed good effort um at the end of the game like obviously i stayed the full time because i'm a real fan and not one of these kids that just goes there and and leaves middle of the second half after their, you know, third or fourth tall boy because, you know, yeah. they're hammered out of their mind and got to get back. You're also not a fan that just stays at school and does schoolwork. No, I'm not one of those either. Yeah, you're also not one of those. Imagine I'm actually, one of those guys. yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't stay in on a Wednesday night to study accounting with yeah. the, when you play Georgetown at home and exactly. when your exams the next day. No, that could never be me. I don't know why you would think that. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, towards the end of the game, yeah, it was like really quiet. Yeah. Like I was in the opposite student section and like I moved down to like the, the floor level basically. Yeah. And by that point, like everyone like was gone. Like it was so funny. It was like me and a few buddies and like some other people. But it was so funny. Like you could see the people up close. They could pretty much like shout onto the court and oh, the yeah. players would probably would be able to hear you. So that was funny. Uh, but like by, the, by that point, you know, the game was over and I was yeah. just kind of kind of checked out. Uh, I knew we had the the game in the bag, so that was good. But going back to Cooley's quote there, I mean, he says basically, like, every win is a tough win. Yeah. Every team that we play. Every game in the Big East is a war. Every, every, yeah, every game in the Big East is a war. I mean, even the Georgetown game, the clear, like, you know, worst team in our conference, we we still only won by by 12. And we were also only, we were, there was one point in the second half, I believe it was with, seven minutes left, something like that, where we were only, like, up by, like, seven. We were only up by seven. So, like, they, they got it to, like, within close. Yeah. And, I mean, really, like, it just goes to show that every single game is a fight to the bitter end. Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily this game. I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you didn't watch it. You didn't but, watch it. But, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, like, every single game in the Big East that we play goes down really to the last yeah. minute. It's this a war no matter what, like no a, matter the opponent. It was sort of like a blowout, I, I could imagine, by just like the look at the box score. But there were times well, that it got a little close. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you call like up by nine a blowout. No, not a blowout, half, but, but, but like a sure win. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, from start to finish, right. like I was never worried, exactly. as I mentioned. And I got, I got one question for you here, Ralph. Go for it. Were you surprised not to see Bynum in the starting lineup? I was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised. That was one of the first mental notes I made, actually. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up. I forgot to bring that up at the beginning of the show. But, yeah, that was something that surprised me because I know on last Friday's episode when we recorded, we were like, okay, you know, Bynum has been on this pitch count for the last two or three games. Like, you know, he's done a good job. Um, you know, the Villanova game especially. And then we were kind of expecting him, like, you know, First Georgetown at home, you know, we I believe we had six days to prepare and rest for it. Uh, I was like, okay, like, you know, this is kind of where you, you, you put your starter in. And I thought, you know, at home versus Georgetown, worst team in the conference, six days of rest. Like, I thought Bynum would be starting by then. I did too. But he came off the bench, which, I mean, was fine, you know. And, we, not, and also to mention, only had 16 minutes. 
Yeah, so we, I mean, the minutes. pitch count continues. Yeah. That's a valid point. Yeah. yeah, the pitch count continues with Bynum. So that's something to look forward to in the next game, especially yeah. the game away in St. John's, where we're going to need a player to step up. Yeah. Because like last time, like the last time we played St. John's at home, mm-hmm. they had Hopkins locked, locked down. Up. They yeah. had no points in, in the entire first half. Someone else is going to have to step up, whether that be a Bynum lock, lock away. Yeah, hopefully yeah. Away could step like up. Xavier, yeah. Hopefully. I mean, Locke, that's what Locke we hope stepped for. Stepped up at home in um in St. John's, and I'm I'm going into the analysis yeah. of St. John's game. Save that for later. I'll, I'll save a little bit a little bit of that for later or later. So that, that that's just an aside. Um, yeah, I'm going. going no, but crazy. I I think uh, yeah, it's Friday. It's the end of the week. I yeah. understand. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, but I understand. I mean, that's a that's a valid argument and reason. You know, I mean, that's something to really keep our eyes on because. You think about it where Bynum's got this great performance versus Villanova, which is by no stretch of the imagination like a an easy win or like right. a lesser opponent. And we said how we can't underlook them. And you, you thought, you know, with six days of rest, you're going back home, you're playing the worst team in the conference on a Wednesday night, you would think you would be back by that point. Back, and you would have full minutes. Then, yeah. Or maybe like over 30. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that he only had 16 minutes, like – it's concerning. Yeah. Uh, it's something to certainly keep your eyes on. I mean, I don't really know what the reasoning is for it. I mean, maybe just because we did play at a lesser point in Georgetown, cool. We just wanted to, you know, give him keep rest. him fresh, yeah. give him some rest. Like, but if we don't see him tomorrow, starting against St. John's, that's where I'm kind of gonna hit the panic button and be like, okay, when is he going to play? Is he going? Is he going to play versus Creighton on Tuesday night? Is he going to start versus Creighton on Tuesday? Yeah. That's. That's when I start worrying. Right, when if he doesn't start tomorrow, it's like, okay, is he even going to play for Creighton, our biggest game or second biggest game at home this season? You're going to need him starting for Creighton. Mm-hmm. You can't have him come off the bench in that game. And if, if he's not starting, then that's where I get really concerned, and that's when right. I start questioning, you know, Coach Cooley first with did we rush him back? Mm-hmm. You know, is he really himself? And, I mean, maybe even the medical staff and the doctors. But if he's, like – I'm going to be very surprised if he's not starting tomorrow against St. John's. But if he's not even starting versus Creighton, then I'm going to start over, like, thinking about everything again, you know. And that's where I will get, like, really worried and pissed off. Right. Um, but he, I, I would say even in these 16 minutes that he played, he was super efficient. Nine points, one for, one for two in the three-point, four for six overall in the field. I mean, he's shooting really efficiently. Like, his offense, he's back. I think he is back. Yeah. I, I could argue that Villanova game was one of the, his best performances all season. Yeah. And, I mean, even in the 60 minutes he played, he was super efficient. Mm-hmm. And if he could continue that, like, he could he, – he deserves a starting role again. Yeah. But I, I, I can sort of understand to, like, some, like, aspect now how, like, um, the administration, like, uh, Cooley, all the coaches might want to keep him on the bench sort of to keep him hidden – and sort of like this like hidden talent yeah, that like teams sort of like that's won't fair like point. look into and like analyze and yeah. I, like out of nowhere like they'll see Bynum like during the game just perform and then they'll be like well we didn't prepare for this mm-hmm. that could be one potential reason why they're still keeping Bynum on the bench but you know I, I don't I don't know I feel like I feel like Bynum definitely deserves more minutes than what he saw in this game against Georgetown. You mentioned a good point there because last season that was Bynum's specialty was yeah. coming off the bench. And that's where he really excelled. And then this season, we started to question whether, you know, the starter role was too big of a role for him. And then we saw Breeds play. And then we were like, okay, Jared Bynum needs to be back. 
And now we're kind of stuck in this limbo where he's like, is he really back? Like, is he really not? What's the deal here? So maybe maybe against these lesser opponents, you know, we're keeping him on the bench as kind of as our X factor or secret yeah. weapon. That's a good point. I mean, that's the way, like, I would like to think right now. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like, if he doesn't start tomorrow versus St. John's, I'm not going to be happy. But if he isn't starting against Creighton, I'm going to be very unhappy. I'm going to be livid because we need Jared Bynum starting to win the game on Tuesday night versus Creighton. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's not here. That's only that's that's a few days away, so we're not going to worry about that just yet. But got to worry about St. John's tomorrow first. Um, but yeah, I mean that's kind of that's kind of coaching wise and Bynum's usage. Um, another thing I wanted to um, another mental note I made was, you know, we had these opportunities to pull away a few times, right? Or well, yeah. you, you didn't watch the game, but yeah, I'm killing you. I'm killing you today. I really. Am. This is what happens when you study for accounting yeah. instead of watching the game. Uh, but yeah, I mean we we. Tried to pull away several times. Um, you know, it didn't really happen, but that's okay. I mean, before it eventually happened. But anyways, you know, Locke hit a three to make it 54-37. And then, you know, the Hoyas came back. They were within seven when it was 58-51 with eight minutes left. And that, uh, I I didn't even worry at that point. Yeah. You know, I, I, re- I already figured the game was over. Everyone left at that point. Uh, I mean, we didn't blow the doors off of them by any stretch of the imagination or by any means, but, like, we had a big enough lead where I didn't have to worry mm-hmm. at all. Like, you know, a seven-point lead with eight minutes left at home, like, I felt good enough in. Like, by that point, I'm like, okay, the game's pretty much over unless, you know, Georgetown comes out, like, you know, bats out of hell. Right. But, you know, it's okay that we didn't blow the doors off them. You know, as I just mentioned, we had several opportunities to pull away, but – you know, as long as we got the win, that's all that matters. Uh, you like to see Locke hit a crucial and critical three to make it 54-37. Um, you know, credit to Georgetown, you know, Spears and them. They made a 58-51 with eight minutes left, put up a great fight. Uh, ultimately, didn't end up on top and as winners in the end, but that's okay. Uh, you know, and then after that, we had another surge. Locke hit a three, and then Hopkins hit one. And then, you know, that led to a double-digit lead down the stretch. So, by that point, the game was over. Took care yeah. of business. On to St. John's. Again, you know, Locke with two crucial and critical threes there. You'd love to see that from him at home, yep. especially in those moments. You're looking to see more of that on the road. Uh, you know, Bryce Hopkins, you look for him to make that shot in that moment. He did. Got to be happy about that. Um there was a quote I wanted to bring up by Devin Carter. It says, in our timeouts, we talked about staying confident, wanting to get three stops in a row. We all bought into playing defense towards the end of the game, and it definitely helped us stop Georgetown from going on a run. And it definitely did. And Devin Carter was the leader of the defense. He was. As he's been the leader of the defense all season long. So it's nice to see, you know, how they talked in the huddle, you know, we got to get three defensive stops here. That's what we're going to have to do to win the game. We did it. Devin Carter loved the group as he's been doing all season, locking down uh, Georgetown's best player in Spears. Or I wouldn't say lock him down. He had like 18 points, but he did enough. He, he limited, him, limited him enough. So that was good. Um, yeah, Carter with seven assists too. 
Yeah, Chief, really Chief of Dimes. Chief of Dimes. Yeah, Chief of Dimes in this game. Um, that's nine rebounds. I mean, pretty good all around game. This might be a stretch. But okay. That, that's sort of like a triple double game right there. Yeah. It's not, 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 not technically, but I think that's like the closest I think we're going to get this season to yeah. Devin Carter, like having any potential like triple double because he had the nine rebounds. Oh, yeah, 12 points too. And yeah, seven assists and 12 points, but. It's not even a double double. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just gonna stretch. Close. It. Got one more it's close. Three more assists. You know. It's like Bynum's. It's, it's like right? Bynum's nine enough. points that yeah. you mentioned earlier. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, early in the game, um, you know, Georgetown had a 16 to 14 lead. Uh, you know, Spears was their spark plug of the run, their leading scorer in the game. But then we came back with a 16-1 run, and then you know. Nobody other than Bryce Hopkins led the charge. Uh, you know, he was the highlight of those strong takes into the paint, into the basket. Uh, crucial, critical, um, you know, must-have ingredient with the, with the team. Um, it was nice to see Jaden Pierre made a nice three. Yep. And a pretty nice moment. Uh, gave us a 30-17, to 13-point cushion. Um, you know, Murray... Murray cut it down to seven points with a three. And then, you know, into halftime, we had a nine-point lead with 39-30. In terms of just winning ingredients and and what we talk about, you know, in terms of free throw shooting, rebound, getting to the lane, getting to the rim, getting to the line, we out-rebounded Georgetown 38-33 and outscored them 38-32 in the paint. Key recipes of success. Key recipes and ingredients for our team success and win. That is how we win games. So you love to see that. Oh, yeah. um, you know, we've only let Big East opponents to shoot only 28 on, 28% on three-pointers. So yep. that's really big. That's crucial. That's another kind of mental note I made in my head. Like, I was turning to my buddy Mark and my buddy Jimmy, and I'm like, when was the last time that Georgetown made a three? Yeah. Like, it felt like forever. And every shot that they took from three just missed. I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong. But it was like – it was almost as if they were due when they just kept bricking it. So, I mean, yeah, it was good. Yeah, what, three for 15? Yeah, yeah. Three, three or 15 from three. So, that 28% uh, certainly occurred Wednesday night. So, you'd love to see that from the perimeter defense. Yeah. You're just looking to see a better interior defense with uh, Clifton Moore and Ed Croswell. And that's going to be something big in tomorrow's game for St. John's is how we do versus Soriano. Right. Because he kind of killed us in the first game. So we'll see how that, that works out. I don't think Clifton got a lot of minutes in this game. I don't I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just hearing from Patrick Ewing and, and what he thought on the Friars defense he had this to say, they're probably one of the most physical teams we have in our conference. Ed has done an outstanding job of getting them to buy into the way that he wants to play. They have some older guys who have been around, and they play together. You love to see that. Yeah. You love to see that from Patrick Ewing. Obviously, you know, Nick's legend, one of the one of the uh, best players that the NBA has ever seen. And, you know, we play, like, com- complete team defense. We do. You know, like, so much of your college basketball team is your head coach. Like, your identity as a team is from your head coach. And, obviously, with Coach Cooley, like, if you can't play defense, then you're off the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this team has really bought into playing defense, playing tough defense, physical defense, playing as one unit. You know, we have one of the best – I know we have one of the best, like, offensive rebounding metrics in the country and stats in the country. I think we're pretty good defensively too, but, 
you know, you just it's a team defense. Like, you know, the same way or not the same way. Not the same way actually. Like we've talked about how we've had to almost rely on Devin Carter sometimes for baskets and shots and points. We don't really need to do that the same way on defense with Devin Carter. I know we like to talk about him a lot, and he's obviously our best defender, but it's not like we have, like, bums and scrubs behind him. Like, yeah, Devin Carter is the leader of the charge. He's our best defender. But everyone else just does their part good enough to play, like, very well-rounded, very team-oriented. Like, nobody's selfish. Or nobody's really selfish on offense either, which is great yeah. too. But, you know, it's – it's a team that has bought into their head coach, has a defensive identity, plays tough, plays scrappy, even when they're outmatched, you know, by size or height. You know, look at the UConn game versus Klingon and, and uh, Sonogo. Um, I, I can't say the same for Creighton. You know, Kalkbrenner yeah. gave us some fits. But, I mean, long story short, we've bought into our head coach. We're tough, we're physical, we're scrappy, and we play as a team. So, you can't be happier there about defense. Um, but yeah, I mean that's kind of all I got for the Georgetown game. Georgetown, unless yeah. you, unless you got anything else, but uh, you were you were too busy studying for accounting, I so was, well. I'm sure you don't have anything else left to say. <laughs> well, we now advance to conference play. So yeah, that's good. We are tied for third in uh, the Big yeah. East conference. Yep. I know Marquette just lost the other day to UConn, so that's good for us, by the way. Thank you, UConn. Uh, Marquette now dropping one one more loss. They're tied with us now. So that's good. So we are also tied with Creighton. Yep. So this Creighton game on Tuesday. Critical. Huge. Huge game. Huge. Huge. It's going to be a huge game. I don't know. You, maybe we should do like some uh, like live analysis of the Creighton game. What do you think about that? Some talking friars on the street. I would love to. Yeah. I would love right to. on Main Street. Right outside, yeah. the, uh, right outside the dunk. You know what? Think, we just interview some of the fans. And oh, we could like do that. A, we could yeah, do some energy. Do, do like a full Creighton. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what we could live, do? I don't know. Yeah. What we could do is uh, on our Instagram, at Talking Friars, you can uh, throw us a follow. That'd be Friars. greatly appreciated. Um, you know what we could do is we can do an Instagram live. And I, I could be recording or you can be recording. And like whoever isn't using their phone, you can kind of just use your phone as like a microphone. And you can just go up to like random people and ask them about the game. And then we can put like clips together and <laughs> stuff and like. We can put into like video editor and get like captions and stuff like that. That would be very good for a social media content. So that's something to keep your eye out for, and that is a great idea, by the way. Because what I wanted to do, or like one day, what I want to do is like get like a table and put like a banner, like Talking Friars banner, and then we do like a live show outside the amp before the game. Because like for Tuesday night's game, we're gonna have to get there really early. We are. So like, if we want to do a live show before, we're gonna have to get there even earlier um but yeah i mean that would be cool i'm yeah. definitely up for yeah, that that's a great it. idea because i know i know we're doing the uh, st john's uh like what do you call it look look ahead yeah look ahead preview yeah, preview preview why i just blanked on the word yeah you're praying uh, st john's preview i don't know if we're going to be talking too much about creighton in this episode um no but i i I think we should just keep in mind, you know, maybe we could do something on the crazy. Yeah. yeah, do some do some social some stuff. Social media content. That would be pretty – because we, be we haven't done a lot of social media stuff. It's more so just been like, oh, new episode out, new, new episode, episode out, new episode out. Like, so times like, nine. Yeah. This is going to be times it's ten. It's going to be times ten. Double times digits? Ten. Double, double digits. digits? We just hit double Let's digits. Go. Let's go. You know how much I love double digits. Yeah. 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 Uh, especially yeah. when it comes to those accounting numbers. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God. I just keep killing you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got like a bat over your head. I just yeah. keep killing you. Yeah. 
Anyways, uh, so I mean, Anyways. that would that would be good for Tuesday. So yeah. just keep your eye on that. You got that. Uh, right now we move into St. John's. Yeah, we move into the Johnnies yeah. or St. John's Red Storm. The Red Storm, who had us locked down on defense when yeah. they played us there the yeah. last time we played at the dunk. This is an away game. Yeah, this is I'm, an away. I'm a little worried about it. It's in, it's in Queens. It's in it's in their arena right yep. on campus. It's like yep. their gamble. You yes, know, they're like, gamble. They're gamble, like UConn's gamble, like the, the place that we're playing, uh, St. John's, is like, you know, like their gymnasium. Yeah. So I, I expect the full 6,000 seat arena gonna be completely filled with fans. It's a Saturday game, noon game. It's gonna be, it's gonna be packed. It's gonna be hopping. So you know, I don't really, I, I don't think that this is gonna be uh, for sure like secured going into it. Like we know we're gonna win. No. This is gonna be a hard fought battle. I. I get or keep going. Sorry. Keep yeah. Going. No. You know. You got it. You got it. Um. It very much reminds me of the Villanova game. Yeah. You know. It's not. Yep. For the most part, it's a game that you expect to win, but it's also a game where you can't overlook the opponent. Right. And you especially can't overlook the opponent when you've already played them once, and that opponent only hold your only held your best player to ten points. Right. And we barely squeaked out with a three point victory margin. And, and granted, we were at home. If this was, yeah. if we played both games away, this last game and tomorrow, might be a different story. We very much could have lost this first game. I think we did. If we it was away, half the first game. Yeah, we were down we were by down one at one. half. Yeah, forty thirty nine. So. Um, so yeah, this is this is a game that you cannot overlook your opponent, and you almost have to do more preparation because you've already played them once. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm getting, like, a very, like, Villanova feel to this one. Same here. I'm getting a very big Villanova feel. Do I expect to win the game? Yes. Do I expect it to be close? Yes. The biggest thing is just going to be the away environment. Yep. And there's no other player that is bigger and receptive to that than Noah Locke, right? Yep. And I know he had his, his big Xavier game, who's a better team than St. John's. But he's got to have that same performance tomorrow. Yep. If he does, if away. Br- yeah. If Bryce just does a little bit more, and Carter does his part defensively and chips in and has you know a repeat performance of 19 points as he did in the first game. Excuse me. Um, and then if Locke, you know, hits crucial and timely threes and has you know another you know. 20 to 27 point performance, I think we come out on top. So, so going into every away game, you know, Noah Locke is the biggest player for me. And, you know, this is going to be another big game on his away shoulders. So that's something that's, that's a player and someone we'll be definitely uh, keeping our eye out for. Um, I I, got to mention, like they, they had Hopkins locked in, in the game that we played. If they, figured him out in the first game they're only gonna know how to defend no more him even no more better now because yeah. it's been what yeah. seven games i think since the last time we played them like give or take i'm mm-hmm. not, not not too sure about around there but, uh, they they had him on lock that's just more time to understand hopkins style play mm-hmm. finesse everything like yeah. i you know I, I i have a little worry there but if Locke could do what he did at home which could be a hard thing to ask for you know, but it's definitely not impossible because Locke, Locke hasn't done too bad, like, away, I think, since well, I, I, the Xavier game. I think he did pretty well. Oh, yeah, that was uh, his best away, game, best well, away game of the season. Right. Doubt. So if, if Locke could step up 
And we're also going to have Bynum back, too. This was yep. Bynum's first game, or the, the, the first game mm. after Bynum got injured was the St. John's game that we played at home. Yes. So that was a huge absence, and we felt that absence mm-hmm. lost because we needed someone like a Noah Locke to step up when Bynum could have been that guy. Bynum definitely could have been that guy to step up, but this was the coming out game for Noah Locke the first time that we played St. John's. Mm-hmm. And another thing to mention, too, we got to get the ball down in the paint. Yep. Croswell, get, get the points down in the paint and outscore um, St. John's in the paint because mm-hmm. they have Soriano and Pasha yeah. Alexander. Yep. Two, two really good scorers, offensive minds, brilliant offensive minds. And if Soriano, which I know the last time we played, I don't think he was 100%. I think he was coming off an injury. And if he's at 100% now, plus Posh Alexander performing like he did in the last game, could be it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be, be a neck-to-neck game. Um, that's just my little analysis right there. Yeah, I think it comes down to... You know, I'm just looking at the box score again here briefly just because that game was so long ago. They had Soriano with 16. They had Posh with 14. And then they had Stanley. Stanley with 13. Pinzon, Pinzon with 10. Corbello with 12. Um, you know, I'd say St. John's big three is probably Soriano for sure. Posh with 14. Or St. John's big three is Soriano, Posh, and then Corbello. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. And this game, now thinking about it more in the depth and more deeply, this game is really going to come down to whose who's big three is better between Providence and St. John's. That's going to be the determining factor for me. And when you look at our big three in that first game, Hopkins only had 10. Carter had 19, which is great. So you look for another, you know, kind of like that performance tomorrow. A little, maybe a little bit worse, maybe a little bit better. Middle ground. It would be really great if he can have another 19-point performance and kind of get out of the shooting slump he's had recently. And then, you know, our number three piece, you know, is up for grabs between Locke and Croswell. Either way, you know, it's an irreversible order between Locke and Croswell. And this game, Locke had 20, and then um, Croswell had 14. So... You know, our our big three, our core four, whatever you want to call it, they out they uh they pretty much they outscored St. John's, I believe, right? Um sixteen, yeah, I fourteen. So. I like that term, core four. Yeah, I mean it's a Yankees really term. Is Yankees term. Down in the dome? No, I got that from the Yankees actually. Oh really? Because like the Yankees the like uh, I like that. Like infield was like the core four. Or no, or I'm forgetting the players, but yeah, that's yeah. the from like the Yankees, the core four. Oh, right. Uh, but we're not a Yankees podcast. That's why. That's why I didn't remember the players. We're a Friars podcast. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we're looking for, we're looking for our big three, and if not, you know, core four to outscore their big three or core four, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's going to be where the game is won, and in, the game is also going to be definitely won in the, in the paint and in the uh, basketball trenches, if we're using football terms. Uh, with the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. Very excited for that. Very excited. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, going into it, road environment, yep. hostile environment, you know, in a small – in Queens, you know, in yep. a small gym like that. I know it's only 6,000 people, but it's going to be packed and tight, and the fans are be going crazy. You know, Saturday at noon, you know, you would figure a lot of people are going to be there. Um, you know, another big test for Noah Locke. Yeah. 
just like every road game this season. Um, yeah, and you, you just overall, like, you just can't underlook St. John's. Yeah. Eighth in the conference, four and ten in conference play. I mean, their record, I don't think, really shows like how good of a team they actually have because they do have really good core players. Yeah. And if they could perform at the best of their ability, they could definitely, you know, give give us some contention in our game. So. Yeah. So I think between you know. This being a road game, a big game for Noah Locke. We got to outscore them in the paint. You know, the fits that Soriano kind of gave us. And then, you know, the top four, top three, four players for St. John's versus the top three or four players for Providence. That's where the game is going to be won and decided. So those are the biggest uh, X factors, factors, elements for the game for me. Um, you know, as we've said several times, already you know we sound like broken records but it's very much like the Villanova game um and I am not overlooking St. John's by any means this is a game we can easily drop you know if if this first game was away do we lose I don't know maybe probably I'm not sure but you know we always find a way to win somehow at home you know in fact we're 34 and 31 in the last 35 home games so that's quite impressive um, but I mean, it's it's a classic Big East game. Yeah, Every Big East game is. is a war. This one's gonna be no different. Um, it's it's tough because you're expecting to win, and it's like a game you gotta have. But it's also a game like you don't feel too great going into. I don't. I like. It's so there's tough because there. like yeah, there's yeah. nerves. There there are definitely some nerves there. That, I think that that's ultimately because it is just a Big East game. Yeah, and like every game and we play in is close every, no matter every what. Every game that we play in, especially if the previous game was such a close game, being away I think it's just going to be even harder. That's the, only, that's the only reason why I have a little bit of nerves. I'm pretty sure I speak for you as well here too. Yeah. But I, I Hopefully with Bynum back that that's just going to add a little bit more to our offense, get a little spark going. Mm-hmm. So even if Hopkins does not play the way – he played in this Georgetown game being, like, our leader and being, like, our star player. We'll have all these other players to back him up. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. So. Yep. Yep, that's going to be huge. We're going to need a team win. Team a win. team win. A I team think win. that's going to be key. Not a Bryce Hopkins win. Nope. A team win. Yep, a team win. Uh, our, four, our top three, four guys got to outscore their top three, four. And especially it's got to come, and majority of the points got to happen in the paint and at the free throw line. So... Uh, without further ado, that's that's all I got for St. John's. Is you, do you have anything to say oh, regarding St. John's? Or? All right, so that's an episode. Um, you know, we gave you the Georgetown recap and the St. John's preview. Uh, keep your eye out for the Creighton stuff. Too. Yeah, keep your eye out for the Creighton stuff. Uh, on our Instagram, at Talking Friars. Would greatly appreciate a follow. And uh, share with your friends, too. Yeah. You know, share this podcast with your friends, uh, with the Friar you know, faithful community, people that you know, uh, would greatly appreciate that as well. Uh, before we go, I wanted to touch on some Super Bowl talk with you, actually. Let's do a little Super Bowl talk. Um, as I'm a huge NFL fan and NFL oh, yeah. fanatic, um, you know, my sports kind of go like Giants, number one, then Providence, number two. So I'm a huge like NFL fan. Watched NFL Honors last night. That was great. Uh, very happy and glad to see Brian Dable win Coach of the Year. Very well deserved, but yeah, I mean, we got the Super Bowl on Sunday. Um, it's going to be the Chiefs versus the Eagles yeah. in Glendale, Arizona, at six thirty p.m. 
Um, yeah, it's a game I'm very excited for. Um, you know, this game, you know, you couldn't have had a better matchup between number one seeds from both conferences. It's the best matchup we could have could have gotten for sure. And it's really the best head coach in Andy Reid and best quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, against the best team in the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. So it's a really fun and uh, it's really fun story and narrative there. Um, like the Eagles defensive line is really deep. They have the best offensive line in the league. You know, Jalen Hurts has solidified himself as a top five quarterback. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, weapons galore everywhere. You know, they just don't have a hole on their roster. Whereas the Chiefs, like their offensive line is good, not great. Like it's better than the you know Buccaneers Super Bowl a few years ago, which is something I fear going into the game. But I mean, it's just it's such a toss up to try to predict. I've been debating and battling myself all week with who I'm going to pick, and I still haven't came to that conclusion, by the way. I'm just trying to, like, just – I don't know. It's, it's yeah. so hard to come to to a conclusion with these two teams. But it's a game I'm very much looking forward to. You know, it's the Super Bowl. It's the biggest game of the year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it should be fun. It should be great. Uh, I don't know if you have any predictions for the game. But. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game, great matchup, two great teams here, the Chiefs-Eagles – this is what I'm going to say. Fly, Eagles, fly. Oh. I got the Eagles wow, okay. in this one. Do we have a score prediction? Uh, score prediction, 34-28. Okay. okay. In, in overtime? No, no overtime. Okay. No overtime. So the Eagles went by six for you. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. 35-28. No. 35 Okay, so yeah. they went by seven. Going, yeah, going to go by seven. I don't know why I said that. Okay. Um, well, all right. Well, I guess you kind of put me on the spot now that I have to make a score prediction. Since I'm a Giants fan, I can't root against. I can't root for the you Eagles. Can't. I can obviously root no. against them, and so I have to pick the Chiefs. And I do like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the whole team. And I want Mahomes to win his second second ring in the same week he wins his second MVP. So oh, I'm obviously yeah, I'm obviously gonna pick the Chiefs and like you know catching Brady and Brady yeah. retired and all that. So I'm obviously gonna pick the Chiefs. I'm not gonna pick the Eagles. How can I do that? Um, you know. It might be a worse decision than Rich not going to the Georgetown game because it was kind of getting, oh, I got you again. Rob, uh, we, we got we to get a tracker on this episode. It's I like mean, five or six. Say, no, no, it's probably more than that. <laughs> I think we're in double digits on that Yeah, one. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> no, nah, but if, if Patrick Mahomes wins this game, do you see him uh, being a top 10 quarterback of all time? I do. You do? I do, yeah. What about top five? <sighs> you Think about it. You can find it. We'll, we'll get back. It. I, I think mean, so, too. You, yeah. I think so, too. Because who? Because Brady's got seven rings. Who has like? Because Rodgers has one. Breeze has one. Or does Rodgers have two? I got Peyton Manning myself five. Peyton Manning. Eli Manning has two. Yeah. Um. I know Ben has one. But anyways, we're getting past. So, uh, score prediction. Score prediction. Yeah. I'm gonna go twenty-seven twenty-four Chiefs. And the Chiefs win in a two-minute drill with Harrison Bucker game-winning field goal. Okay. So that's my prediction. Um, my bold prediction is that either Jarek McKinnon or Kadarius Tony of the Chiefs is going to throw a touchdown. Really? That's my bold prediction. Wow. Yeah. That's a good bold prediction. So keep an eye out for that. You think like a little a little Kansas City special? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, the Eagles might even run the Philly special. Yeah, maybe. But, like, you look at this game, it's like, I want to pick the Eagles because they have the best team. Yeah. But the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the lead, and nobody has that. Yeah. 
like the gap between Hurts and Mahomes is like pretty large in my opinion. And you know, I think something that people are overlooking is like the Chiefs have big game experience. You know, this is going to be Mahomes' third Super Bowl. Andy Reid's third Super Bowl as well. You know, so the Chiefs have the big game experience. You know, their coordinators have been in these games before. Mahomes is Mahomes. Andy Reid is Andy, Andy Reid. You know, Andy Reid is so good coming off a bye, yep. too. He's got two weeks to prepare. You know, I think Steve Spagnuolo will change up their defense in, like, a cover three to to limit the Philly offense with two weeks to prepare. And, like, it's going to be a close game. And, you know, when you're in a close game in a Super Bowl, it comes down to who do you trust more, what quarterback do you trust more. I trust Patrick Mahomes more. Uh, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is 100% coming off that shoulder. Yeah. You know, he even made a few throws in the San Francisco games that should have been completed, but who knows. And I think Mahomes won't be at 100% either with his ankle, but I just trust him more to make more plays. And, you know, he's just Patrick Mahomes. He's like Superman, so... I mean, I got, I got to go with the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it could be an all-time Super Bowl. I mean, it just comes down to best coach and quarterback versus team. Which one do you take? Which one do you favor? I favor the coach and quarterback. You favor the and team. Yeah. And, and the experience, too. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's kind of our very, very, very brief Super Bowl preview for you. Yeah. Uh, what did you do for the Super Bowl? Do you have any plans for the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know yet. Right. Because I made a I made a reservation at the at the ladder for six fifteen. Maybe you can join the reservation Definitely. if you'd that like. Good. Uh, yeah, so I can yeah, add you to that. Place in Providence. Yeah, I haven't been there before. Have you really? been there before? Yeah. A is it good? Time. Is it good? Or? Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay. Yeah. What do you usually get there? I was kind of looking at their menu, but that. I think normally just go with the burger and fries. Burger and fries. Yeah. Is it bur- is it better than the burger bar? Would you say? I've actually never been to the burger really? bar. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because so I've been to the burger bar. Yeah, I've been to the burger yeah. bar, but not the You've ladder. You've been to the burger so. bar, never been to the ladder. Yeah. I've never been to the burger bar, been to the ladder. We're opposites. Have you only gotten the burger at a ladder? I think I definitely tried some, like, appetite, like, wings okay. and all that stuff okay. before. But it's yeah. all good. It's so, good stuff. Because I was trying to make, a, like, a reservation at the burger bar, and they're not doing it. I'm like... I just right. got to lock somewhere down so I'm not, you know, going crazy before yeah. game time. Right. And I was able to lock down a reservation at the ladder. So if you want to do that and join me, I can certainly add you to that. Right. But that's kind of my plans for the Super Bowl. Um, your plans as well. Yeah. Kind of hard to believe it's already over. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. I just sent you uh, the Sean Payton article that I, read, yeah. that I wrote for your Broncos. So. Yeah, my Broncos. My Broncos. Um, he's, he's going for the Eagles too, Sean Payton. Did you see that? No, I didn't he see was, that. He's like, I can't root against the Chiefs. Like, yeah. You can never root for uh, a true. division rival, which right. is true. So the kind of Sean Payton and Chiefs rivalry is starting to already brew, which yeah. is great. That's sort of why I didn't pick the Chiefs. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, because I'm a Giants fan, and I yeah. can't root for the Eagles. And you're a Broncos fan, and you can't root for the Chiefs. Right. So it makes sense. And it's good we both aren't predicting the same team. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean – Without further ado, I think that's going to do it. It's a 1-0, episode 10. Episode 10, we hit double digits. Double digits. Uh, Thank you to all of our listeners who have listened to the podcast so far and uh, will continue to listen. It means the world to us. You know, we can't appreciate you guys more. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram at Talkin' Friars. Stay on on the look and stay tuned for the uh, pregame Creighton uh, content. Hopefully, uh, we'll do some fun stuff there, but... uh, yeah, that's going to do it for Rich and I. That's an episode. We'll be back here next Friday, probably. Next Friday. Um, to do like a, a Creighton recap and Villanova we'll preview for Saturday's big home game. Saturday's afternoon big home game. Next week's huge week. 
but yeah, I mean, closing words here, closing thoughts. Uh, just enjoy, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the weather, enjoy the Super Bowl, uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. I mean, just a great weekend coming up in general. So just thank you again for listening. Thank you to, for taking the, the time out, and uh, go Friars. God bless. Go Friars.